It's good to be in the house of God. My name is JD. I'm the pastor here. And uh, man, we're pumped that you would come and, and hang out with us today. Uh, we're believing for some really, really big things to happen in all of our lives. I, I want to start with a bit of a family moment, uh, if that's okay. Uh, like I said last week we were going to turn this room into a living room, and uh, we just turned the lights on in the living room, which is a good thing. And uh, we're, we're going to do the same thing this week. Uh, funny, not funny, is that we were going to have Moses lead worship this week. How many of you are excited about that. Moses has been our worship leader, part of our team for years. God is transitioning him and his family uh, to Chicago. And um, today was going to be his last day, and he got sick. Isn't that a bummer? But it's also kind of classic Moses, because he will do everything possible to escape being put on any sort of like, hey, look, it's Moses. He's like, so when he told me, he's like, yo, dude, I'm sick. I, I literally laughed, not at him, but just like, of course, bro. Like this would, this would be how uh, it goes down. Um, but uh, we, we do also just want to share some things really practically with you that have happened over the past couple of weeks. And um, something that we really value here at Antioch is authenticity and transparency. Um, and um, we'll, we'll do that regardless uh, if it's easy communication or not. Um, I 100% believe that it is good to be honest 100% of the time. Uh, and so that's, we're going to do that this morning um, uh, and, uh, and, and just pull you guys in on some things that have been happening. As most of you know, um, we own a building in South Austin uh, that has been our South Campus uh, and uh, we actually received that building when we were invited to take on Hope in the City, uh, which was a, a vibrant and amazing church uh, in the Austin area for, for years and years and years. And uh, it, it was an incredible gift. And uh, what's something that most of you might not know uh, is that because of the wisdom of those who have gone before us, um, although we still owe uh, north of $4 million on that property, uh, the, we leased one side of it, and the revenue stream that that side of the building produced paid for the entire mortgage. Um, and it was, a, it was, a, it was an incredible uh, idea, and it, it was an incredible gift, and it, it was fruitful for many, many, many years. Uh, however... Uh, at the end of December, we were informed that our primary tenant of that space is moving out. Um, and due to the new reality of we all work from home, <laughs> um, office spaces uh, are a little bit harder to fill uh, than they historically have been in the city. So currently, there is no one waiting in the wings, nor uh, is anyone interested uh, and actually taking over that space. And so what that means for us very practically uh, is that now we need to enter into a process of evaluating um, our future financial position um, as a church in relationship to that property. Um, very simply, we just want to be good stewards of what we've been given. Um, we want to be good stewards of what we've been given. And so what we've done uh, as we've entered into this season of needing to answer some of these questions about what's the best way forward, um, we've created a building advisory team 
of, of Dave Bresman. Come on, clap for these people. Uh, Declan Fleming. And uh, Mike Breyer. And um, the goal of this team uh, is that they would look into and evaluate all options either to sell or to continue to lease and then to provide their counsel on those options to the elders of our church. Right now, everything is on the table as we're asking God, what is the best way forward? Now, I wanna make something extremely clear. Uh, we have communicated um, when we shifted from two campuses to one campus that we were unclear about what God was calling us to in the future, um, that we had no plans for what we were gonna do with the building. That was and is 100% true. The reason why I'm having this conversation very awkwardly early in the transition <laughs> is because I value 100% authenticity. I was honest then, I'm being honest with you now. This came faster and uh, more abruptly than any of us saw coming. And so because of that, um, we're having to build this team. Now, now let me say this also. If we were still meeting in the building, we would still need this team to advise us about our best way forward. It, the, the, it, 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 you might not think it's connected, you might not think it's disconnected, but it is 100% disconnected. We would need this team to advise us about what's the best way forward in light of the risks involved with owning this property the way that we do, owing the amount of money that we owe, looking into the future of what God has for us as a church. And so, I wanna ask you to pray with us. Pray with us for wisdom. Pray for us for provision, that God would do what God does, makes ways where there is no way. Pray for unity. Pray for clarity um, and pray for this team. And I actually want to invite them up. I want to bring our elders up as well. Um, and uh, we're going to pray for them. So Mike, Dave, Declan, you guys here, come on up. Elders, come on up as well. And um, we want you to pray, not just watch us pray. Okay, Pr prayer is, uh, is, not a, is a participatory sport, all right? And we want you to participate. So we're actually gonna do something. If you're new to church, if you're new to Antioch, you might be like your weird meter might be freaking out. It's totally okay, just watch us be weird. But we're gonna extend our hands, okay? We're gonna extend our hands. We're gonna pray for these men um, who are gonna be leading this building advisory committee. Um, and we're gonna ask for the wisdom of heaven to flood them, the peace of God, um, and the provision of God to lead us every step of the way. Three, two, one, pray. Come on, pray out loud.
So Lord, we come this morning confident, Lord, and fearless in the fact that you are in control. And so Lord, we thank you that you have led us thus far and you will continue to lead us forward. And Lord, we pray, Lord, for the wisdom of heaven. God, that as we are answering questions as leaders and elders uh, about the future of our church, Lord, would you lead us and guide us? Lord, we thank you that you are a God who orders our steps. And so, Lord, we're asking for an ability to rest in your leadership, um, Lord, and a grace to be obedient to what you're saying. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody shouted. Amen. Amen. Can we just clap for these guys? Love you. Big, easy stuff, you know? Nice and good. All right. Um, well, before we kind of jump into the meat of, of what I believe God has for us today, um, I want to start with a very simple question. How many sermons do you think you've heard in your lifetime? Think about it, right? I, I started doing the math. I started thinking about this. And I was like, all right, started going to big boy church around the sixth grade, right? Grew up in church. Griffins went to church is what we did. And uh, so about middle school, 42 years old, did the math about, you know, 1,600 Sundays-ish. You know, we never missed, you know. And so, and then you, you add in like disciple now, youth group, college ministry, conferences, you know, all the things. I'm, I have to be well north of 2,000 2,000 sermons in my lifetime. And, um, you, you know, I've never heard a preacher say, what I'm getting ready to say, you're not going to really need. <laughs> in, in the 2,000 plus sermons, I've never heard a preacher be like, hey, you know what? You're not going to need this for a couple of years. So just tuck it away. Life gets hard. Pull it out. Might be helpful. No, that's not at all what preachers say. It's not what I say. I, 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 okay, along with every other preacher, will tell you every week, this is the most important thing you'll ever hear, <laughs> right? Like this, this one is the most important thing. Last week, I haven't said, if you don't hear anything else, make sure you hear identity is everything, right? It's like, it, it, it is it. That's the most important thing you're going to hear. Preachers do not say this one doesn't matter. All right. Every time. Now, as a preacher, I'm also aware of this tension. I understand that every week I'm telling you this is the one. Okay. Like this is the one that really, really matters. And then you add on top of that that I'm an easily excitable person. And so everything that I'm doing right now is the greatest thing I've ever done. And so I understand that your ears might get a little numb to you should really listen to this. But look, just everyone take a deep breath. Because I'm getting ready to tell you the most important thing you have ever heard. Okay, like this one really, this one's it, all right? So here it is. Are you ready? What you're connected to determines the fruit that comes from you. What you're connected to determines the fruit that comes from you. Listen to the words of Jesus, John 15. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do 
nothing. What you are connected to determines the fruit that comes from you. And to build on the most important thing you'll ever hear, I said last week, identity is everything. We have to know that knowing who we are in God only gets stronger when we actually know God. We have to know him. I don't know how many of you uh, have enjoyed the Green Dot Challenge. How many Green Dot Challenge people in the house? Um, if, if you don't know what we're talking about, last week at the end of the service, we asked the Lord, God, would you refresh us on our identity? Would you tell us who do you say that we are? And we said, look, we're going to put these little green dots on our phones because we look at our phones on average about 262 times a day. That breaks down to about every five and a half minutes you're looking at your phone. And, and so we're thinking, man, if 262 times a day we can look and see a green dot, and that green dot is a chance for us to remind ourselves of our God identity, we're going to be able to be resilient people through the bumps that come in Life And so if you didn't get a green dot, I'm sure we still have some green dots. I'd encourage you, put one on your phone so that that 262 times you look at your phone doesn't just give you a dopamine hit as you get a new text message, but it also can be a, a reset, an identity reset moment for you as you remember who God says that you are. And really, the next five weeks, we're saying, you know what, God, thank you for telling us who we are. Now we really want to understand deeper who you are. We're going to be looking at the I am passages in the Gospels where Jesus said, I am. And we want to get clearer on who he is because the clearer we are on who he is, the easier it is going to be for us to remain connected to him. Uh, I, I've found that one of the greatest challenges in the life of a believer, contrary to popular belief, is not having the strength to say no to things that God doesn't have for us. I used to think that the hardest thing in the life of a believer is just saying no to sin. As I've gotten older, I've come to understand that the fight against sin is absolutely real, but the real fight in our lives is not that we wouldn't do something. The real fight in our lives is that we remain in him, we remain in Jesus, as we do everything. Again, John 15, I'm the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And this is why I'm saying, like I do every week, this is the most important thing you're ever going to hear because when we're connected to him, we have what we need from him. So if we need strength to say no to temptation, if we need wisdom in impossible situations, if we need fresh grace for someone who wronged you, remain in him. Remain in him. If you have your Bible, I actually want you to turn to John 15. This is our text for the morning. It's our, it's our guide through this series as we look through these I am moments in the Gospels. And uh, we're going to find together, very simply, that the clearer we are 
we understand who Jesus is, the simpler it is to remain in him because what we're connected to will determine the fruit that comes from you. We've been reading verse five, but I want us to dive into the first eight verses of this text. Again, this is Jesus speaking. It says, I'm the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. If you're already, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Who is Jesus? He's the vine. Who are we? We're the branches. And branches thrive when they're connected to the vine. And branches die when they are not. Branches thrive when they're connected to the vine and branches die when they are not. So I want everybody to look at your neighbor and say, check your connection. Come on, say it with some confidence. Say it with some authority. Check your connection, right? Check your connection because what you're connected to will determine the fruit that comes from you. And, and I, want you to, I want you to lean into this with me. Have you noticed that what you are aware of, you see more of? Have you noticed this? I'll never forget. This really got big to me when my beautiful wife, Liz, was pregnant with our first daughter. All of a sudden, Every, everybody I saw was pregnant. <laughs> you notice this? Like, I was like, my whole life, I never really noticed anybody was pregnant. Then Liz got pregnant, and now it's like the whole earth is pregnant. <laughs> right? And why is that? It's because you see what you're aware of. And I'm aware of pregnant women, and so now I see pregnant women everywhere. And it's not just with, like, pregnant people. You buy a new red Honda Accord, guess what's the only car you see on the road? Red Honda Accords, right? You pull into your office, everyone in the parking lot has a red Honda Accord, right? Why is that? Did everyone go car shopping on the same weekend and show up with a brand new red Honda Accord? No, we just see more of what we are aware of. And what we are aware of tells us what we are connected to. Now, let's just do a little test. How many of you know where your cell phone is right now? Yeah, this was beautiful, actually, because almost all of you looked at where it was. And, if it, and some of you felt it. Some of you went and touched it in your pocket, or you reached in your bag, and you grabbed it. And if it isn't where you thought it was, you're now in full panic mode, <laughs> try, yep, trying to remember where it was, because we like to stay connected. 
We like to stay connected. And when we realize that we're disconnected, we get hit with fear, anxiety, panic. What we are connected to will determine the fruit that comes from you. Who is Jesus? He's the vine. Who are we? We are the branches. In the design of God, we are made to be rooted and connected to him. And Jesus is saying, here's what happens to branches. They're either cut off and removed or they're pruned to bear more fruit. Who is Jesus? He's the vine. Who are we? We're the branches. What happens to branches? We, they're either cut off and removed or they're pruned to bear more fruit. Again, I'm the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. If a branch is not fruitful, it's cut off and removed from the vine. What does that mean? If a branch is not bearing fruit, its connection to the vine has either been damaged, corrupted, or disconnected. It's been damaged, it's been disconnected, it's been corrupted, and the lack of a clean and clear connection to the vine, the source of life, keeping it and receiving all the nutrients and things that the vine provides for branches because branches bear fruit. So if a branch is not bearing fruit, it needs to check its connection. Remember, Jesus was often speaking to religious leaders who thought that they knew God because they knew a lot about God. They thought they knew him because they knew a lot about him. And Jesus wanted them and us to see that just because we're aware that there is a vine doesn't mean that we're connected to the vine. Because what we're connected to will determine the fruit that comes from you. And if the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control, the, the fruits of heaven, the fruits of a life in God are not flowing in us and from us in all that we are doing. There's a connection problem. There's a connection problem because what we're connected to is gonna determine the fruit that comes from us. Connected branches are fruitful. Connected branches are fruitful. And then Jesus says, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Now this, this is interesting to me when you start leaning into what is pruning. Pruning is literally cutting back a branch that bears fruit so they can grow stronger its connection to the vine can get deeper so that it can bear lasting fruit. So what's this tell us about remaining in Jesus? Well, first, Jesus is about quality over quantity. Interesting that Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Fruitful branches, I'm gonna cut back so that they get stronger we oftentimes think 
that fruitful is the biggest, the richest, the flashiest. And Jesus is saying, I look at the quality of what is happening, the depth of what is happening over the quote-unquote abundant fruit that's being produced. If you're a business owner or you're a leader, I want to... I want to encourage you, focus more on the depth of what you're creating than the fruit that you're producing. Because fruit comes with depth, but fruit without depth doesn't last. What else does pruning tell us about remaining in Jesus? Well, remaining in Jesus takes intention. Pruning is a very intentional process. The gardener will prune the vine at a certain time of year in a certain place so that the pruning will be effective. Jesus is intentional with us and our connection to him, our awareness of him, our ability to remain in him is intentional as well. I want to read a quote from Dallas Willard. He's one of my heroes in the faith. He was a pastor, prolific author, and philosopher at USC for many years. And he summarizes it so well when he says this. The first and most basic thing that we can and must do is to keep God before our minds. This is the fundamental secret of caring for our souls. Our part in thus practicing the presence of God is to direct and redirect our minds constantly to him. In the early time of our practicing, we will be challenged by our burdensome habits of dwelling on things less than God. But these are habits, not the law of gravity, and can be broken. A new grace-filled habit will replace the former ones as we take intentional steps towards keeping God before us. Soon our minds will return to God as a needle of a compass constantly returns to the north. If God is the great longing of our souls, he will become the pole star of our inner being. Wow. Remaining takes intention. It takes practice. It takes practice to learn how to direct and redirect our minds from the things that are less than God back to keeping God before us. And I wanna leave us with two prayerful questions, two prayerful questions that I believe if we ask at the beginning of our day, if we ask these prayerful questions on our drive to work, as we walk into our school, as we open our emails, no matter what we're doing all throughout the day, if these two prayerful questions become your lead piece into everything that you do, they will help us break our habits of dwelling on things less than God, and they will help us direct and redirect our minds consistently towards Almighty God. And here are the two questions. God, what do you want me to know? And God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to know? And God, what do you want me to do? These are connection reset questions. God, 
what do you want me to know? And God, what do you want me to do? God, what are your thoughts towards me today? What do you want me to know? What are your thoughts towards me today? What are you up to in the middle of what I'm about to do? Becoming aware of him. He's moving. He's speaking. He's with us. Who is he? He's the vine. Who are we? We're the branches. If we want to see fruit come out of our lives, then we have to stay connected to the source of where fruit comes from in our lives. And so we have to dwell on him. We have to meditate on who he is. God, what do you want me to know? What are your thoughts towards me? What, what are you in the middle of? These questions will bring God in view in all that we're doing. It will allow us to become aware of him and remain in him because what we're aware of, we're connected to, and what we're connected to determines the fruit that comes from you. God, what do you want me to know? God, what do you want me to do? Proverbs 19, 21 says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Some versions say it this way, many are the plans of a man's heart, but the Lord orders his steps. John 15, again, verse seven, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. When we remain in him, when we're walking with him, when our eyes are focused on him, our hearts are connected to him, Jesus says that we can ask for whatever we wish and it will be done, that we will be fruitful, we will see victory. So here's a little phrase for you, remaining equals winning. Remaining equals winning. Where we're connected, what we're connected to determines the fruit that comes from you. And when you're connected to Jesus, the vine, the life source, the byproduct of our lives, what just happens to branches when they're connected to the vine, we will experience victory in our lives. Victory from sin, victory from addiction, victory from lies that the enemy is telling us about who we are, about who God is, victory from the weight of all the things that we can't control. Because remaining in him equals victory through him. Again, John 15, verse five, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. So tomorrow, when you hit something or someone, can I get an amen? You hit something or someone that makes you react in anger, in fear, in anxiety, in jealousy, you name it. Before you do anything or say anything, stop and check your connection. What if before we reacted, we responded to the Spirit? 
What if, what if before we reacted and what we're, we're like, oh, I gotta do something, we said, hold on, God, what are you doing? And what do you want me to do? I think a lot of fights in my house would end a lot quicker. Maybe y'all don't have disagreements in your house. I'm married almost for 20 years, and I've got four teenagers. We have a lot of disagreements in our house. And one of the hardest things to do is to respond and not react when your emotions get involved. And this is where we can really see the fruit of what comes from us is determined by what we're connected to. If I'm connected to my anger, fear, frustration, and how I'm always right, then that is going to affect how I respond in the situation. That's gonna affect the fruit that comes out of my life. What if we said like, man, hold on. Before I do anything, I'm gonna check in on what God's doing And look, here's the thing, not just on the big things that seem like they need wisdom, like like the future of what we're gonna be doing with our property, that's a big thing. Everybody knows like we need wisdom, man. We need wisdom. What if we use that same level of intention when we're driving to work in the morning? God, what are you doing? What do you want me to know? What do you want me to know? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to be aware of? What do do you want me to notice? Who do you want me to talk to today? What do you want me to be about? Man, look, when, when we're living connected to the vine, we have everything that we need to not just survive our day, but to thrive in the middle of our day. Because we're saying, God, look, I need you for everything that I'm doing, not just some of the things I'm doing, everything that I'm doing. I need you in the middle of it. I need you in the middle of every meeting that I'm having. Just discipline yourself this week. Use your green dot. When you see the green dot, just be like, oh yeah, wait, God, what, what do you want me to know? What do you want me to know right now? I mean, that question has changed my perspective in so many different encounters. Somebody's coming at you or attacking you or you're in a meeting where you're like, dude, we are so far away from each other that we're not even in the same room. You know, you get a disagreement with somebody or you feel misunderstood by somebody and you're like, man, what's the way forward? And then you say, God, what do you want me to know? And then all of a sudden through the wisdom of heaven, you get exactly what needs to happen for there to be unity where there once was division. Because that's who God is. He makes a way where there is no way. We get stressed out because we're trying to figure out what to do. When God's saying, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Just ask me, what do you want me to know? What do you want me to know, God? What is it you want me to know right now? What what is it? What do you want me to do right now? What do you want me to do? Tell me. I want to be obedient to that. I don't just want to do like what seems to be the right thing to do. I want to do the God thing. I want to do the God thing. I want to include the living God in everything that I'm doing. These prayerful questions are connection awareness questions. They help us check our connection. They help us check our connection. They will slow us down and help us check our connection to the vine. Because who is God? He's the vine. Who are we? We're the branches. 
And when we're connected to him, we bear fruit. We bear fruit that looks like him in our responses, in our lives, in our relationships, and the things that we do, the things that we put our hands to, the work that we do, it should reflect heaven because what we're connected to is determined, will determine the fruit that comes from you. Who is Jesus? He's the vine. Who are we? We're branches. Branches created by the living God to bear fruit, to experience victory. Do me a favor, stand to your feet. If you're here today and you're not at all connected to the vine, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Maybe you've heard of him. Maybe you know about him. But Jesus oftentimes was talking to people that knew about him, knew about God, but they had no idea who God really was because he was in front of them and they couldn't see him. So if you're here today and you're not connected to the vine, I want you to receive the invitation to connect to him. All we have to do, the Bible says, is believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he died on a cross, that he rose again for our sin, conquering sin and death. That simple act of belief and obedience connects us to the living God. Then we get to spend the rest of our lives fighting to check our connection, to stay connected to him so that the fruit of our lives begins to reflect him. So maybe you're here and you're not connected. Maybe you're here and you're like, you know what? I think I've been disconnected. Maybe life challenges has clouded your connection with him. The invitation for you is to allow the living God to speak to you who he says that you are as you rest in understanding who he is is so if you want to be connected to Jesus or if you want a fresh connection with him we're going to have some of our leaders come up to the front if you know who you are just go ahead and make your way up here if you need to get connected to Jesus you want to give your life to Jesus or if you're like man you know what my connection has been it's been tested it feels cloudy I need a fresh connection with the living God because what I'm connected to is going to determine the fruit that will come from me. As we sing, come and get prayer. Man, if you need prayer for anything else, man, you need just a touch from God, you need healing, you need breakthrough. You need God to do something big. You're in a moment of needing God to do big stuff. And that's good news, man, because God does big stuff. Whatever you need, man, come on up here.
Get prayer. Don't leave without somebody praying with you, praying for you, encouraging you. God's here. The vine is here. The vine is here. Let's connect to him. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your life. Lord, we just ask right now that you would give our hearts courage. Lord, to be able to do what we need. If we need to get connected to you to come up and get prayer, Lord, if we need to get reconnected, our connection to get cleaned up and cleaned out, God, that we would come forward. Lord, we want to be those who respond with courage in our need. And so right now, Lord, would you connect us to you in a fresh and powerful way where we live our lives to remain in you. Lord, you are the vine and we're the branch. Lord, we we want to be connected to the life source of heaven in all that we do. In Jesus' mighty name.